You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello? We'd love to connect. Well, it's my honor to be able to uh, invite Pastor Kevin, Pete, to the stage. And uh, he's going to come and share with us. What you may not know is that uh, we have a number of Elam churches throughout New Zealand, but we were birthed uh, out of Elam, UK. Elam, UK was formed through the Welsh Revival, and it spread right throughout the UK and Northern Ireland. And, um, and Pastor Kevin served on the national leadership team of Elam, UK. They've got something like nearly 600 churches there. And um, it's an incredible honor to be able to have him come and share with us. He's pastored in Scotland and Glasgow. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what the Lord would say through you, brother. Thank you yeah. So much. Wow. How's that? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. You've just missed the winning numbers of the lottery. <laughs> which started with 666. So, Good morning, Christchurch. Can I just say it's great to be with you. For the last 20 years of my ministry, before we retired a couple of years ago, I was what was called a regional leader, which meant I was pastoring pastors. I, I had the great fortune to have 85 churches under my care, and probably about 120 pastors. And so, if you'll forgive me, I have a very, 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 very soft spot for those that lead churches. Can I tell you, it's never been easy. And in my opinion, it gets harder with the way that the world is changing. And I just felt at the very start, I wanted just to pray, just for a couple of people. There's, where's the young lady who pastored in Nelson for all those years? Could you just, I'll, I'll come to you. you. You stay seated. You're over 20 now. <laughs> God's given me a verse that I've been living in for two years. And what I would like to do is take hold of your right hand. And I'd like to say this verse over your life. It's Isaiah 41 verse 13. And... I'm just praying the Holy Spirit will minister this not to your head, but to your heart. Let me just say thank you, first of all, on behalf of all of the churches that you and your dear late husband looked after. And, you know, we talked about legacy before. It goes on and on and on. But, you know, sometimes we don't say thank you enough. So on behalf of someone who's led pastors, I want to thank you. It's Jen, isn't it? Here's the verse. Would you look at me? Because I want to communicate this to your heart. Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. It's a verse from the Lord to you. At the other end of the scale, we've got these young whippersnappers. And can I just say, Peter, it's wonderful that father and daughter work together. It's just, it's just amazing how that, that works out. 
But you know, you guys are wrestling with things that my generation and probably Jen's generation, we never ever had to deal with. We live in this world of sexual confusion. We live in a world where you're going to have to face issues that I would never ever had to pastor in my time. And I would like to just pray that same verse over you as a word from God as you move forward in your ministry. So, Sarah, can I take hold of your hand? And again, if you don't mind looking. Most people close their eyes, but I just think there's something about the, the eye gate that communicates. Isaiah says this again, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand, and he says to you, Sarah, Do not fear. I will help you from the Lord Peter you've got such a pastor's heart I just can see it in you it's there you love your people but you know God loves you and sometimes in the midst of helping others we forget for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of Peter's right hand and says to Peter don't be afraid I will, I will, I will, in case you missed it, I will help you. Seal it, Lord. Give them all a round of applause with you. You know, you just sang some wonderful songs. But A.W. Tozer said in 1963, Christians don't tell lies, they sing them. You've just been singing about through the storms, I'm going to shine. You know, everything's going to be okay. And I want to share with you today something that I think is very important. It's certainly something that's helped me and my wife last over ne or nearly 40 years in the ministry. It would be this. It's, I call this sermon The Battle Within. The Battle Within. Because I'm, I'm going to come over this side because... Outside the door, you have a little sign that says, I actually wrote it down, a part of a verse. I walked in. I always look what people write on their church walls. It's often a bit of a foretaste of what to come. The one that wrote, Peter, get lost, I think I've ignored that one. <laughs> but I've gone for the one that says, faith can move mountains. And what you were doing this morning was stirring faith. You were singing songs of triumph. But here's the battle that I have lived all of my life. And everyone who's ever been a Christian has this. How on earth do we stay the faith side? Because the other side of the coin is feelings. And I faced this battle for over 50 years. Faith versus feelings. Faith versus feeling. I've got to say, when some of times the storms come, I'm not singing. I'm sorry. I should be singing, but sometimes I'm focusing on how I'm feeling. And sometimes I'm feeling rubbish. Sometimes I'm feeling sad. Sometimes I'm feeling blooming angry. Sometimes I'm feeling disappointed. Sometimes I'm feeling lonely. Sometimes feelings kick in. And they're very strong. And let me say, feelings are not bad. Feelings are good things. I mean, my wife Margaret is here. We've been married 44 years now. And she's just the most, she's just the greatest kisser in Scotland. And <laughs> I, I just want to tell you, 
For 44 years we've been married and we feel a lot for each other. Feelings are good. But how do we, sometimes just singing about faith doesn't get us to faith. And I thank God that in the Bible, we see some great characters, but sometimes we see their bad hair days. Sometimes God has put into print how they're feeling. And Psalm 13 is where we're going to go. Psalm 13. Now, if I was a skeptic, before we read this to you in Psalm 13, the first four verses, as you're going to hear me read, you see a man in pain. You see a man who's not feeling good. You see then a man who some scholars suggest, as as I'm going to read it to you, some scholars suggest he was contemplating suicide. This was David. This is the man after God's own heart. This is the person we would aspire to be. But he had some bad days. He was hiding, running away. People were trying to kill him. And he wrote down and he let the Lord know how he's feeling. But then somehow... And here's my challenge this morning, and here's the challenge that I discovered some 30 years ago that has helped me and my wife to stay mainly on the faith side of things. Suddenly, verse 5, things change. You, as I read this to you, just see the complete contrast. Now then, let's be honest as I read this to you. David is either a spiritual schizophrenic, he's either mentally ill, Or he's learned something good because we have a massive mood swing going on here. How does he do it? How does he change his mood? Well, that's my challenge to try to explain a key, one of the many keys to help us live a successful Christian life. So Psalm 30, here's David, the man who killed Goliath, the man after God's own heart, the man who's a wonderful man, and he starts off with these words. How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or... I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Verse 5, things change. There's a word little word there, but. I'm sure your pastor tells you this. Whenever you see the word but in the Bible, there 99 out of 100 times, there's something good about to happen. There's something good that follows a but in the Bible. So, there's we see, he's pretty low. Give light to my eyes, I'm going to sleep in death. He's feeling pretty miserable. But, 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 I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. And I will sing because the Lord has been good to me. How on earth do we get that? How do we get there? So let's quickly unpack. First of all, I want to talk about three feelings. Any, don't put your hands up, but have you ever felt forgotten by God? When somebody else gets their prayers answered and you don't. When someone gets the miracle answer. Well, the last year of my job, 
for 20 years looked after all these pastors. And in the last year, some little minor hiccup happened in the world called COVID. And in the previous 19 years, I'd lost one pastor who died. In 19 years, they'd all lived. The last year, three died. COVID hit, and I've got a text on my phone from the first man, Edwin. Church of 300 people. Text says, Kevin, I'm not feeling well. Would you pray for me? Three days later, he was dead. I couldn't go down. We locked down. I couldn't go to his funeral. His poor wife had to say goodbye to him over an iPad, over the bed, because he was deeply unconscious. She wasn't allowed in to see him, and she had to speak over. It wasn't right. A month later, 56-year-old pastor in Liverpool, Vinny, lovely, fun-loving man. He'd been ill for a little while, died cancer. Almost out of COVID, end of almost 18 months, two months, one of my sons in the ministry, him and his wife came to my church, our church in Glasgow. We baptized them. We, we married them. We set them on the way into ministry. And at 37, within the space of a month, he was diagnosed with cancer and died. We prayed every prayer that man can pray. We got intercessors. I believe in intercessors. I believe God can heal. I believe all of that. But the truth is, everyone died. I've got to tell you, I felt that God had forgotten me. I felt my emotions were incredibly raw because I love pastors. They've been my lifeblood for 20 years and my job is coming to an end and I feel like it's ending in complete failure. Feelings. You need to remember the truth at times like this. When your feelings are running wild and you've got all of these thoughts, you've got to remember the truth. Isaiah 49 verses 15 to 16 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget you, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palm, your name on the palm of my hand. God cannot forget you. He cannot forget you. You can feel forgotten. Feelings versus faith. Faith says God can't forget me. He, even the hairs on your head are numbered, God says. He's engraved you on the palm of his hand. And sometimes we have this battle when we're feeling forgotten. And I've got to tell you, I've been there. Everyone I'm going to share with you, I've been there. Because I want to share, just be honest and be transparent. Try to tell you that being a Christian and living a Christian life, and again, wonderful worship. And so please, I'm absolutely for worship. But, but singing it isn't enough. We've got to live it. And can I just say, I said to the group this morning, this young lady on the front row, wasn't it wonderful to have somebody over 35 in the worship team? <laughs> I've got this secret feeling in the UK that everyone over, over 35 has to take a blue pill and can no, can no longer sing. And I want to tell you, the church is all ages. And I don't know where it ever come in that we've got to have people with holes in their jeans and tattoos. And not that you've got tattoos. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, and that, that once you get past 35, you're too old. For, I think 
shouldn't be naughty. I think it was a church on the other side. I won't go there, but that, that made some rules about not having older people and only having thin people on the platform. Can, can, can I just speak out for all the fatties here? The, 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 they're not going to ban me because I'm fat, but there you go. But not, not to go into that. I wonder whether today sometimes you feel, what about the second one? He says, how long? We can think, well, God's pretty busy, so maybe he may have forgot us, but it, it gets more personal. He says, how when long will you turn your face from me? So the second feeling, I would say to you, is one of feeling forsaken. That he's feeling like not only has God forgotten you, it's got personal. Do you know what I'm saying? That Why? And I can only identify, I don't know whether you noticed, I'm, I'm limping a little bit. I've had three knee replacements. I've only got two legs. <laughs> you work it out for yourself. I've had one on this knee and two on this knee. Actually, it's the price you pay for a life of prayer. <laughs> Peter, say goodbye to your knees. Believe that, you'll believe anything. It was playing soccer that cream crackered my knees. But I'm about to go in for the first knee replacement. I'm 50 years of age, and I'm in faith for healing. I'm believing God's going to make it better. Yes. And so there's a conference overseas from the UK with a 1,000 pastors and leaders live on the Internet. I said to Margaret, let's go. Wouldn't it be just like the Lord the week before surgery? Wouldn't it be wonderful that God just healed me? It'd be great. So we go over, and I'm waiting for the, the word. And the, in those days, we didn't do the complete set. Pastors sort of inter interrupted halfway through sometimes, and, and the pastor came forward and said, I just really feel amongst these thousand, a thousand pastors and leaders, I really believe there's an anointing in the air to heal knees. <laughs> Yippee-yi-yo! <laughs> Yippee-ki-yo! I'm getting ready. I'm on the edge of the seat. I've got me Nikes on. I'm going to get out there. And then the speaker, who I knew a little bit, pointed at me. And just about roughly where you are, he said, Kevin, come out here. And this morning, you're going to be a, we're going to pray for you first. And you're going to be a conduit for many knee miracles. And so I come out and I take the Pentecostal position. Legs slightly apart, hands out. I was a lot heavier in those days. I was in, in I can't do kilograms, but I was over 20 stone. And so I was a lot heavier. And there were seven people behind me to catch me just in case I fell. And I'm there. And I feel the anointing of God. And I go backwards. And as I go down, my last thought was, my knee is killing me. <laughs> And I'm laying there trying to process why it's not better. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe it has to get worse to get better. Maybe that's how God does it. And then suddenly, this 30 pastors and wives on the platform, <laughs> jigging about, healed of knees. <laughs> I'm heading that way. I'm laying down, and I'm just getting my little, well, my big bottom, and I'm just... I'm just trying to shuffle, shuffle off the stage and get back to my seat. And I get to the edge of the stage, and the pastor says, Stewards, 
get Kevin up and bring him back. So they picked me up. They brought me back into the center stage, 1,000 leaders, live on the internet, microphone thrust under my mouth, and says, why are you feeling now, Kevin? <laughs> bit of a dilemma, bit of a moral issue going on here. For any Scottish people here, I want to say, a wee bit better, doctor. A wee bit better. But I said, still hurting me. They prayed for me again. I'm over again. 20 more piggy knee miracles. <laughs> We're up to 50 knee, knee miracles. These people flexing, bending, kicking, dancing. There was a rather large lady dancing near me, and I was tempted to put my leg out to trip her up <laughs> in Jesus' name because I'm not feeling good. So this time, <laughs> sorry, Lord. So, so this time, I wiggle my bottom off. No one stops me. I go and sit down there. And for the last, last of the, that meeting, I've got my hands in my head thinking, what was that about? I, only when I processed it did I remember the word. I was going to be a conduit. He didn't say I was going to be healed. He said I was going to be a conduit for other people to be healed. But... Can I just be honest with you guys in Belfast? I didn't want to be a conduit. <laughs> Stuff being a conduit. Being a conduit stinks. It's not good being a conduit. I wanted my leg healed. I've got to tell you, that day for a few hours, I felt like God's playing games with me. And I felt forsaken. So I'm telling you, I've been where some of you, I know without prophesying, sometimes if you're by yourself, if you've been widowed, you've lost the job, it's not worked out the way it should, and you're incredibly lonely. Sometimes you feel, your feelings just get, and you just feel just really bad. But remember the truth, Joshua 1, verse 5, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, I will never leave you, or forsake you. You see, that's, that, that's the truth of what I'm trying to say. What about frustration? The third one, how long must my enemies triumph over me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Any Christians here in Belfast, Christchurch, Sometimes get a bit frustrated that God's not working at the speed you want him to. We all would like the microwave instamatic God to answer all of our prayers yesterday, wouldn't we? I got called into the ministry at 21. The door didn't open until 31. I had 10 years struggling with the call of God. I applied for some things, rejection. I thought my middle name was Kevin Rejection Pete. Sometimes it takes someone to, today. Who was the people who tried to sell the, the back there, sell the house? Ten months. God says sell your house. Then why doesn't he sell it within a day? Because there'll be somebody in here who will tell you, oh, I sold mine in a week. <laughs> I just put it up. In fact, before I put the for sale sign in, somebody just came and made me an offer and offered me twice as much money. And I, I've just become a multi-millionaire. Oh, you poor you. You've not sold your <laughs> Have you tried praying? Have I tried praying? 
That's all we pray about. You see, you're smiling, but there is a truth. There's a truth that when we get frust- when we're feeling frustrated, I can say this here because it's not my church. I don't know you, but here was my pet hate, pet hate when I was a pastor. Not, I'm sure it's not Peter's because it probably never happens in this church. When someone knocks on my door, Pastor Kevin, just want to let you know, I'm going through a real pile of trouble, so I won't be at church a while. I need to take some time out. And I wanted to say, verily, verily, thou'st be a plonker. (laughs) Don't you know, when things aren't going how you should be, you should be in church more. You should be in the place of worship more. Don't you know where you should be? But, but it never happens in Belfast. No one ever takes time out of your church because you're so nice and so wonderful. And there's never, ever. But in Glasgow, they'd say it to me. And I just did my head in. Frustration. Somehow, David found a way. What did he do? Here's, we come to the key. How are we going to transition to verse 5 and 6? Can I say, we've driven 13,000 miles to tell you this. (laughs) Not driven. We flew 13,000 miles to tell you. He prayed. Oh, stink me. That's not much of a revelation, Peter. You say that every week. He prays to God, but he doesn't pray a scattergun prayer. When we were first in ministry, I used to wonder why Margaret got about 80% more answers than me. Because when I used to pray, it was the scattergun. Lord, bless everybody. Get everybody saved. Save the world. Amen. (laughs) And Margaret once said to me in a revelation, why don't you find out what's on God's heart and pray what's on God's heart? And if you pray on God's heart, things will be... And so this man is very specific. A specific sniper shot. Lord, give light to my eyes. Lord, give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. It all depends what's going through your eye gate that will determine what you see. And sometimes, there's a famous, and I can never pronounce it properly, I think the Bayer Tapestry, something in the medieval days, and it was on display in London, and a man was dying to see this. It was done by the Normans. It was a work of art, of historical thing. And so he went to see it, and he stood there looking at this world-famous tapestry, and he's thinking to himself, it doesn't look much. It's just, all I can see is knots and bits of wool and straggly bits. And someone taps him on the shoulder and says, you're looking at it the wrong way round. <laughs> Come and look and see. And when he'd looked the right way, he could see. He could see. We have to ask God to give light to our eyes so we can see it from his perspective. Everything changes when you see it from God's perspective. Everything. But the key is We focus on what we can see. And all we can see is the rubbish and the pain and the frustration and the forgottenness. But when you go God's side, you can see it's all part of the plan that he has for your life. 
and there are lessons to learn along the journey. And here's lesson one. What's the first thing God shows him? Does God show him, I tell you what, your things are bad, go and win the lottery. Here's the numbers. Does he say, go and get a new job and it'll all be okay? No. The first revelation he has in verse 5 is, but I trust. I trust. Can we trust him when we can't trace him? 64,000. Unless God shows you, unless you get the revelation to your eyes, then we don't trust him. It's just words. But because God answered his prayer and began to show me, it's going to be okay, David. It's all going to be all right. And the first thing, if you like, the bottom line of everything I'm saying is if we can get to the point, Belfast Elim Church, if we can get to the point where we decide we're going to trust. God's unfailing love. It's the key. Please don't anybody feel embarrassed. Because feelings are now just kicking in. I can see some tears in some eyes of some people. That's the Holy Spirit bringing stuff up. Never be embarrassed of a tear. Then he starts to sing. What does he sing? He says, He rejoices in your salvation. Because guess what? Even though I've got three gaminees. I'm Jake the peg with my extra leg. I've got diabetes too. I've got a stent in my heart. I look like George Clooney. It's a curse. When I die, I'm going to have a new body. I've asked for Mel Gibson's roundabout, roundabout Braveheart time. Not now, he's gone to seed now, but Mel's, Mel's body about brave art will do me. Can you see? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this world isn't your home, and when you die, you go to a brand new where everything's new when we start again. And then the final thing is so he trusts, he rejoices in his salvation, and then he sings, God's been good to me. He goes from depression to worship. You see, your worship will change this morning if you get light in your eyes. It won't just be a song. It will be the reality of his love. And I know as I took the funeral of that third pastor, one of my sons in the ministry, and he left a widow and two young children. And I'm thinking, I had to go back to the well. I had to go back to Jesus. I had to come back to the bottom line. What do I really trust in all this chaos, Kevin? I trust that God's love. All of those widows are now doing well. It's two years gone by. They've all got their faith back. They're all serving Jesus. They're all in church, still praising, still worshiping. Yes, they had a wobble, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have a wobble? I tell you something I stand here I must finish 
I'm told in five more minutes this, this will open and piranha fish will eat me. So I was a bit worried in botany it actually opened. No, it didn't. But can I say to you, I'm standing here today and I'm using a gift. You probably don't know. I had a very bad speech impediment. Until the age of 17, I couldn't use the telephone. The only way I learned to speak on the telephone was my girlfriend would put up with me stuttering. Everybody laughed at me at school, mocked me, ridiculed me. And I've now learned to live in traveling the world, doing the very thing every people told me I couldn't do. Because God's been good to me. I thought I would have the involuntary gift of celibacy because I couldn't speak to girls. And how, you, how on earth are you ever going to get married if you can't speak to a girl without stuttering? Sign language didn't do it in those days. But God's given me the greatest wife in the universe. God's been good to me. God's been good to me. And you see, once you get light to your eyes, in a second... God can show you all the times he's come up trumps for you. All the times you've had answers. And suddenly, when you get light to your eyes, you can say, well, I trust him. I'm saved. And suddenly, your heart begins to bubble. But here's the key as I land the ship. Where are you this morning? Could you close your eyes with me? You've listened fantastically well. Thank you. I'm believing right now the Holy Spirit's going to come and just minister to us. And I'm going to pray over you the prayer of David. I'm going to pray over you that God will give light to your eyes. Because that's the answer. It's the answer to begin to see. Yes, you will sing again. You will rejoice again. But you've got to get light in your eyes. And you've got to get, change your focus. What you focus on is what you see. So this morning, as our eyes are closed, could I just say to the church, I've got a feeling that this is a very safe place. Nobody here is anybody special. We're all children of God. And if this morning you're somebody who says this morning, you know what, Kevin, I've come in church and I've got to say my feelings are out of kilter. My feelings are masking my faith. And would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Light to my eyes. So if that's you, I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if that's you this morning, would you do something for me as every eye is closed? Would you look at me, catch my eyes, then look down again? If you're saying this morning, God bless you. God bless you there. God bless you. 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 Just catch my eyes. They're not really George Clooney's eyes, but they're not too bad. God bless you. God bless you there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Look, looking over. God bless you there. Looking over the PA sign. Good. If those of you are watching this online, just you respond to God now. See you there. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? God bless you. God bless you there. Well, here's the prayer. I'm out on a limb now. I don't know whether you're comfortable with this, but we don't really have time to minister individually. But if you're feeling happy with this, 
you feel comfortable, would you reach out to the person next to you, grab hold of the hand or touch a shoulder so we can just as a church pray for each other. Half of the church responded there. So you're probably getting hold of the hand of somebody or touch a shoulder, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. Only if you feel comfortable. And I want to just say to you guys here and girls, here's the prayer. David's prayer. Father, if David could pray this, then Lord, it's a good prayer for us. And he asks you to give light to his eyes. And so I pray for these dear people here in Belfast Christ Church. For those who've got their focus a little bit awry. They're not bad. They're not wicked. They're great people. We just want to get the ability to change our focus. And so, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, now would you come over this church. It's a safe place safe place would you come Holy Spirit and just begin to touch our eyes touch our eyes and let us know that you're with us for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and he says to Belfast Elim Church here in Christ Church he says to you first thing I want to reveal to you again is that I love you. I love you unconditionally, unfailingly. I love you. I love you. Come and seal your word, Lord, to these wonderful people. And would you take hold of their hands and let them know that you're going to help them. And you're going to reveal to them and you're going to be able to see the right side of the tapestry and you're going to help them to continue to minister powerfully for Jesus. Seal the word of God. Do not let the birds of the air steal away one drop of revelation that we can always change. We can always change our focus when you give light to our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10 a.m.